This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. We're finally getting a lot of ice on a lot of lakes and a lot of spots in Minnesota. We're going to hear from Garrett Spear of Ottertail Lakes Country on the panfish bite down there. And Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service talks about ice fishing in the Brainerd Lakes area and a few spots north. It's all coming up on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. But first, Bemidji State University is located in the midst of lakes and forests of the Northwoods. It's the only place in Minnesota where you can get a four-year degree in aquatic biology. And it's a hands-on, very immersive program, literally and figuratively, when you're talking about being able to get in the lakes and see what's going on. They've got high-tech lakeside facilities and a ton of opportunities for research and a hands-on education. Choose an emphasis in fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. If an aquatic biology education is for you, Minnesota's premier Northwoods University is the place to get it. Check it out. Visit Bemidji State. Edu. Hey, checking in today with Garrett Spear of Slab Seeker Guide Service. Uh, he is, uh, well, winter can bring some problems. You're having a bit of a challenge today, huh? <laughs> it's been a little bit of a struggle. My snowmobile broke down. I think the starter went out. Oh, that's... I've had a lot of slush, so that's been kind of my preferred method of transportation to get off of the... You know, some lakes have plowed roads to a community hotspot. Um, but that's not really what we're doing. We're kind of going out and finding fish in more remote locations. And, and uh, the snowmobile has been my preferred uh, method of transportation because we've got a lot of slush. I don't, I don't know how your conditions are in Brainerd, but in the Ottertail Lakes yeah. area here, we're, we're dealing with some slush for sure. Well, we're we're definitely working with the Brainerd JCs for their two tournaments, and of course, our show airs in Brainerd and Alec and Bemidji. But I'm actually in Bemidji, and so here north seems to be really good. Uh, but from Brainerd and uh, down to your area, yeah, it's what I hear a lot of slush and and just kind of a pain. It, it's been a little bit of a challenge. Well, that's not saying you can't get out fishing. You know, a lot of the big lakes are going to have a plowed path out to some of the community spots. It's just. Getting off of that, you know, can really be a challenge. Uh, so some people are, are, you know, even kind of walking off of it, you know, when they're they're kind of parking on the paths that are there and kind of walking off and setting up a their portable. Um, if you have a snowmobile or a track machine, you're in good shape. You can go wherever you want. Well, how, you know, once you get through the slush, how thick is the actual ice? You know, what's kind of interesting is we haven't made much ice here since... Christmas time, mm-hmm. just because there's been so much snow insulating on there, I think, you know, the insulation, you know, we're only, we're only dealing with, you know, uh, there's 12 to 15 inches of ice, depending where you go, but, you know, that, you know, a lot of places are just about a, a foot of ice, about 12, 12 inches of ice. So, you know, you you have to pretty much use portables now because, I mean, those big old uh, mansions, uh, probably not thick enough for them yet, is it? You know, it's it's real. It's real. It's right, kind of on the line. You know. Yeah. Um, and so you got to kind of use your own judgment. This isn't a year you want to just uh, just just send it and go out there. You really kind of want to pay attention to what you're doing this year on on each body of water because it, it can vary greatly. In fact, this last weekend, uh, I I got rainbow trout for trout opener um, on a lake, you know, a little bit south down by the St. Cloud area. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, deep, clear lake, and we were only on about 10 inches of ice out there. Um, you know, it's a late, 
lake to freeze it gets down to 150 feet deep and uh so that's about all we were seeing we definitely did not want to have a wheelhouse or anything like that on that one even if you had plenty of uh thickness it's still going to be a real pain to get it out there right and that's it too you know without a plow um you know i've got a buddy who's got a skid house out there that he put before we got all this snow and he's been walking to his skid house because you know he, he just can't can't hardly make it there with his truck anymore without a plow to plow the path so yeah it's it's been a real challenge we haven't seen a year like this in in a while where we've had this much snow to contend with well you know it, there's there seems to be a different challenge every year i mean there's very few years where it's perfect where you get that nice cold that gives you the perfect ice and then the snow comes when you want it to and the right amount i mean there's always something that we have to contend with for sure. <laughs> well, Garrett, uh, I know I've you... I've been kind of doing a variety of things. I've been okay. doing some pan fishing um, up in Ottertail Lakes Country. We have, The last few days we've been trout fishing around the St. Cloud area, and that's been fantastic. I think we caught, you know, my group caught uh, 34 rainbows on wow. Saturday. Sunday we had, you know, somewhere in that 20-some rainbow range. Um, so it's been it's been real good fishing for, for those. The trout just opened this past weekend, and... If you go on the DNR website, there's a list of stock trout lakes that they stock with stream trout. Some have browns, some have rainbows, and uh, some even have brookies. Nothing real close to us for that, but uh, browns and rainbows. That, Garrett, is, is something you just, you know, I just don't hear much up here. You, you never hear anybody talking about ice fishing for trout up in this neck of the woods. But obviously... Well, kamikazes. You know, I took, uh, I had my son out the other day with me, too, for a while. Um, and, you know, he had an absolute blast. What we've been doing is drilling a big sight hole. So I'll clover leaf my holes and make it look like a Mickey Mouse, I guess, is what my sister's saying. <laughs> and so you have three holes and you get a little bigger viewing area. And uh, we were set up in about nine, ten feet of water. And uh, you, you watch, you know, they were pretty high in the water column. A lot of times they were only three feet down over nine feet of water. But you watch the fish come through. You can pull your jig uh, up to them. And it's just a lot different than panfish. They fly in and they fly out. They fly in and they fly out. And pretty soon you think they're gone. And they'll come back in and grab a hold of it in a split second. You can hardly even see it. So uh, they're kind of a fun winter fish. You know, they're, that's a fish that it, their metabolism doesn't slow down under the ice. It's a great time of year to target those fish there. You know, they're, uh, they're yeah. not reluctant biters. They come in and just smoke it. It's not like your your bluegill bite, how it's been kind of midwinter lately, where you need really small three-millimeter tungsten and a single lax worm. These are, you know, you can use real aggressive tactics to catch them, which is kind of fun. You know, when we've talked in the past, I know in the in the soft water season, you like to, you hit a lot of smaller lakes because uh, you're you know you're kind of a panfish guy. Um, I'm assuming that's as the way you were talking about the, some of the challenges getting out there. You're hitting some of those same lakes for for hard water as well. Exactly. You know, and even smaller than the ones that I fish oh. in the uh, the summer. You know, I'm running an 18 foot boat in the summer, so I'm a little bit limited as to what I can get it into. Um, and in the winter, you know, I've always looked forward to the winter to get on those lakes that you have to access from the county road that there's not even an access on. Um, and, and those tend to be the places where the bluegills will grow giant. And so I always really look forward to that period. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a snowmobile or a tracked four-wheeler thing this year. So the bite has has been pretty solid for you this winter? It's been really good. Um, you know, it seems like Bluegills are cutting it into that midwinter funk time where you have to downsize a little. So we've been using a little bit smaller stuff. You know, instead of your five millimeters, maybe go down to a four or a three. Um, instead of spoons, maybe, you know, use a jig and a single lax worm and a couple of spikes on there. 
Okay. Um, it seems like with those bluegills, not a lot of up and down stuff to get them chasing like you could at early ice, but kind of keep it in their face, keep action on the jig, and and uh, you know maybe not, maybe not keep pulling it up and getting them because they won't chase quite as much. Uh, the crappies have, have been really good. We're finally starting to see those move out of the weeds. The snow cover has finally killed off a lot of the weed growth. So you're starting to see those fish push out into the basins more, which when they're in those basin areas, um, like on those three lakes I mentioned, if you were to go this weekend, they kind of stick out like a sore thumb on your electronics. Mm-hmm. You have pan-optics technology. It's real easy to, to find those fish if you're willing to drill the holes. And, and even with your Bexplar flashers, you can you know, get out and, and see those fish over the basins. And so okay. the crappies are I look in the basin areas. The bluegills are still kind of clinging to what remaining green weeds we have left. But, you know, I'd fish shallower if you're going to go for bluegills. And I'd look to some of those deeper holes. You know, if you were to look at a lake map and find those areas that have a 30-foot hole, a 30-foot basin area, I would drill some holes out there and kind of start my crappie search that way. Uh, you do need to be mobile. You're going to want to be able to move around a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, because on, on a lot of those lakes I mentioned, too, those, those fish are going to be... 10% of the water is going to hold 90% of the fish, you know. So yep. If you're not marking fish and seeing fish, um, you know, keep moving until you get yourself on something. That is kind of the biggest challenge this year, unless you have the equipment to do it, is staying mobile out there. When people hire you for a winter trip, are these people coming in from out of state? Are these people in the region? Who's coming to ice fish in Minnesota? Boy, kind of all over. I had uh, a, a guy from Latvia this weekend that I had out. Oh, wow. So that was definitely one of the farthest I've had. <laughs> I imagine it is. Um, I was up here, um, you know, on, on some business and uh, wanted to get out and check out how we ice fish here. And they ice fish a lot in Latvia. Uh, he had some really cool lures and spoons we got to play with that I've never seen before. Uh, you know, Latvian tackle that he had brought with. He brought a couple of jig boxes with. That's... One thing that he did mention is he said, um, you know, here it really seemed like a family affair. We were out trout fishing in the St. Cloud area. And, you know, people had their kids out. Their kids were out driving remote control cars there's far less snow in that same cloud area than there is in Ottertail county for sure the ice conditions when you get south down by st cloud um they they improve greatly there's not all the slush and snow that we're contending with but he was kind of surprised at what a family event uh it was that you know kids were outside driving remote control cars and throwing the football around and people were grilling and they had the whole family out and you know, he said in Latvia it seemed more serious. You know, there was just a handful of serious people that went on an excursion. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, no, if you live in Minnesota, I mean, most families really embrace the winter, and uh, you have a nice warm weekend like we had. You know, it, do do most of your uh, people when they're going to take a trip? Do they say, well, I want to catch bluegills, or do they just say, take me where there's action? I, it kind of varies. You know, uh, definitely for my business, most people call me to catch, you know, big bluegills or big crappies. Mm-hmm. Um, winter trout opener has always been popular for me. We only do that for a few days right after the opener, but that's people always book those uh, trips for six months in advance. I want to go trout fishing and sight fishing a big sight hole for rainbows. But it kind of varies, you know. Um, you know, a lot of times I'm, you know, even getting families lately that haven't done a lot of ice fishing and they just want the kids to to catch fish and have action so they don't get bored and they enjoy the day. You still got some spots available if people want to head down there and try some ice fishing this winter. Absolutely. I'm going to get my gear back in order here and I'll be back to uh, kind of kind of have a, a repair day or two here. Unfortunately, I had some trips booked. We'll kind of have a couple of repair days to regroup and get things functioning again as they should. And then we'll be back out on the ice and definitely have some openings. So. How do we go about uh, getting set up? Yeah, if you want to see pictures of recent trips, you can go on the Facebook page. It's uh, Slab Seeker Fishing. 
Or uh, you can call me on my cell phone. It's uh, 320-428-5174. I'm imagining this is the time of year where you maybe should book a summer trip, too. Starting to get a lot of calls for summer. You know, summer trips are, are spring crappies, I should say, are really a popular option. So I've been getting a ton of calls about spring crappies. We've got some lakes up here that uh, regularly produce two-pound crappies. And in the spring, we can have a lot of fun with those big crappies when they start to move shallow. And so uh, it's kind of that time of year when people want to get out of the house and start enjoying the nice weather. So spring crappie trips are going to be at a premium because I'm getting a lot of calls already. I think one of the cool things about Otter Tail Country, is, as far as I can tell, is is that ability with all of those lakes, and many of them just kind of small, out-of-the-way lakes, you can really get that Minnesota solitude. You can experience quietness and and things that you probably can't experience many other places. You know, you absolutely can. And um, I had some customers up from the Twin Cities area the other day, too, that were just amazed at, you know, how few of people we had on the lakes. You know, they, they had said, you know, and I met them fairly early in the morning because the, the bite has been really good at, like, 7 a.m. right as the sun breaks. And they said, when you said 7, I was assuming it was going to be, like, these lakes down in the metro where there was just, you know, hundreds of people. You know, I thought we were kind of racing the crowds and know what we were trying to do is just get a bite with them. But, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty nice up here with the 1,048 lakes. It really spreads out the pressure. And you can target a lot of different things. You know, there's people uh, walleye fishing. I'm really kind of a specialist. I'm not doing any walleye trips. I'm just doing panfish. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's plenty of lakes you can go and, and look for walleyes. The pike bite is fantastic everywhere you go. Um, we've even found a few lakes lately that had some big pike. I helped a guy that was out fishing by himself land an honest 40-inch pike about a month ago. Wow which I had never seen in Minnesota, a real 40. You know, we've got some fish like that in Canada, but that was the first legitimate 40-inch pike I've had my hands on in Minnesota. <laughs> on a small, out-of-the-way bluegill lake, and he had some big suckers down in a tip-up, so there's places you can chase big pike. Um, obviously, you know, the county really promotes us as panfish paradise, and so that's what a lot of people come up to do is bluegills and crappies. But um, a lot of other options, too. Even even our sturgeon are making kind of, I know we talked about that last time, we're kind of making a comeback. It's, it's pretty cool, I think, that in uh, in Minnesota, in a spot in Minnesota, you can, like yourself, specialize in panfish and, and still find a way to, to make uh, a living as a guy doing that. That's fairly rare, even in other parts of the state. For sure. And, you know, uh, I was really the first one that did that up here, and now there is, uh, well, two more full-time guide operations that uh, in Otter Trail County that focus on panfish. And it's, it is good. Um, you know, honestly, it's not like a negative thing with the competition. Uh, we needed it because my I'm just one guy, and my calendar is only only so big, you know, and my son plays baseball, and you have a, you know some other life commitments. So, you know, working seven days a week isn't always an option. So it's great that we had even a couple more pop up. And up here, that really drives the tourism is panfish. You know, we should talk about tulabies, too. I don't offer any tulabie trips. You know, I like to chase tulipy. I When I get the opportunity, I go do that. But um, I don't stay dialed in enough to offer late-ice tulipy trips. But, you know, when it comes March, that's going to be a real popular thing, and a lot of people are going to come up this way to chase chase tulipies, too. And, you know, we have big ones up here in uh, uh, quite a few different lakes from Lottertail County, even up into the Detroit Lakes area that, um, you know, that becomes a real big draw in March. They fight hard. They're uh, pretty good table fare, smoked. And so we'll start to see a lot of people from other parts of the state coming and doing that. And I always get some calls, too. Are you, are you on any tulipies? And unfortunately, I just don't stay dialed in enough for that to really, to really do it. You know, you got to be out and looking for those things. They move and they move and they move. And it's, it's really hard to kind of switch gears if you're trying to do crappies and blue and stay tuned in these, these tulipies, too. But, 
There's a lot of cool places to explore up here that have good populations of them as well. Well, again, Garrett Spear from Slab Seeker Guide Service, a guy that can get you on some uh, great panfish on Ottertail Lakes country, both in hard water and soft water seasons. Again, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, my Facebook page is uh, Slab Seeker Fishing. Otherwise, I have a website, too. It's uh, Slab Seeker, like a big crappie, fishing.com. He's a great guy to have uh, on board, but if you're fishing the tournament this weekend, that's cheating. You can't hire him for that. <laughs> You know, I have a group this weekend, and they never mentioned the tournament. Is that in the rules? You can't have a guy. You know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it seems it seems against the spirit, though. It, it sure does. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Garrett, thanks for your time today. As always, I'm sure we'll be checking in with you down the road. Hey, sounds great. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, waiting on deck, we've got Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service. We'll check in with Nate in a moment. But first, a reminder that if you love the outdoors and you want to align your education with future employment in the trades, there's one clear choice, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji. State-of-the-art tech ed in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres and acres of forests. It's the shortest path to your dream job, and it's a beautiful view, too. NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Find out more today, visit ntcmn.edu. Checking in with Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service. First of all, Nate, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Kev. If you had to pick where you thought would be among the best places to go, to, what would be some of those spots? Somewhat locally speaking, again, like Lake Winnie, uh, Red Lake, uh, some of those lakes where you have the multi-species opportunities. Um, again, I think Winnie's had some pretty good ice, and the fishing reports I'm hearing from buddies that have been up there, again, you've got walleyes, you've got northerns, you've got perch. So. One of the challenges this year, uh, not so much here, we've been pretty blessed we got some good ice early and we, we're in pretty good shape but you know anybody i talk to in your area and south um it's dicey to find good ice it is it's uh it's been the struggle is real i guess the way I'd say it right now <laughs> for us um again we had talked i don't know how long ago it was month month and a half and we were literally i'd say three days away from having pretty darn good ice for the year and we were right around that seven to nine inch ice range and then we got that foot and a half of snow and we just have not made a whole lot of ice after that for many areas so again some of your smaller lakes had good enough ice so you can drive on them uh the bigger lakes again you just don't want to do it. we've had some vehicles go through around here too gull lake in particular and even for the safety factor now you can get around on sleds but once you pop a hole or there's so many slush spots out there you have to be very careful and it's just, it's it's messy right now. I'm not saying we're not getting out and fish, fishing, but you just got to be aware. Again, if you hit some slush spots, try and stay away from that. Or if you're going to put a permanent out, try and clear some ice with a, a plow, and that'll take some weight off of uh, the ice. Otherwise, you pop holes, and you're going to be standing in anywhere from four to six inches of ice or water instantly. So that kind of takes away from some of the fun factors of ice fishing <laughs> thing around here. So, it takes yeah. away a lot of the fun factor. <laughs> Been there, done that too many times in the past. So, yeah, I, I try and steer clear of that if I can at all possible. Well, like like you say, it is, it is pretty frustrating and, and uh, does make – you pause at least if you want to, you know, have one of those weekends in your in your big uh, your big house because that's just no fun. 
Yep, it, it, it and you know we do have some permanents out on some of the lakes, but it's definitely limiting what the population on lakes that we'd normally see at this time of the year. Um, again, there were some roads that were plowed early, so you've got thicker ice there, and if they were maintained and kept clear, you're still still able to access the ice via those. But in terms of off roading, I wouldn't even think about it unless you have a sled or. Even wheelers are pretty much not real useful around here with chains on them right now just because our snow is so deep. So um, we get some warm temperatures, though, kind of knock that snow down a little bit and then get some more cold. We should be shaping up all right. But it sounds like the last I heard that the, the ice is doing okay where they're looking at having the uh, ice fishing extravaganza. So uh, I think they went out and did some packing of the snow and maybe drilling some holes to flood it so it refreeze. So they're working at it, and I, I think they'll be able to get her done. What do you hear? I mean, for those who brave it and put up with it and finally get fishing after all the stuff you have to deal with, are they catching fish? Yeah, they are. It's it's. I'd say we're in the classic mid-season um, type of bite right now. Again, walleyes are a little slower than they are typically first ice, but you can absolutely still catch them. It's your key periods of the day, low light, you know, early morning, like we talked about before, evening bite, right, when the sun goes down. And then right now with the full moon phase, uh, there's a pretty darn good uh, overnight bite going on with rattle reels. So um, right now I just say you just got to work a little bit more to find them. More off uh, mid-lake structure, I guess I would say, for walleyes, uh, a little bit deeper water. So, again, that shoreline stuff that we fished early, just kind of follow those fish out more to the mid-lake structure and uh, look for any kind of bottom transition areas where it might go from a gravel or sand into a mud. Um, that always holds fish. So um, the fishing has actually been fairly decent, again, for walleyes, for the guys getting out there. Panfish is what I've been doing, again, with my kids mainly lately, crappies and sunfish, and that's been pretty good. Two different types of bites. Um, you have some weed fish during the day right on the edge of weed lines or in clumps of weeds. And then it seems like later as the sun goes down, those crappies have been moving more into a, a whole basin bite. So you kind of get a one-two punch there for the crappies. Uh, sunfish, they've been willing to bite kind of more or less weed-related stuff. Um, and then the bonus stuff is, well, fish and panfish, you can pick off some really nice pike. I think they're, you know, keying in on feeding on those sunfish and crappies. So some of my biggest pike have always come while I'm panfish fishing, so that's always an exciting thing for people to do, too. What should we be throwing at them right now? Oh, uh, well, again, it depends on the species, but sure. I'm, I'm pretty typical, you know, for whether I'm crappie fishing, sunfish fishing. Uh, I like to have at least one dead stick, you know, whether it's a tip-up or a bobber, and then also I'm usually jigging with one, um, trying to do a Use a location bait to start with. So if I'm popping holes, looking to mark fish just to see what area they're in, using like a, a ripping wrap or a jigging wrap. Uh, if you do mark fish and they don't, you know, cooperate with you, then you kind of scale it back. Then I'm moving into more of a jigging spoon, a buckshot spoon, a flutter spoon, some kind of something like that. Panfish, the same thing, usually using a tungsten jig with a plastic as a location tool. Um, and if they won't hit that, then you kind of downscale and, and try some live bait or different colors. So it's always, again, that experimenting thing. The first foremost is locating the fish, and once you locate them, then you got to key in onto the presentation. Some days it doesn't matter. You can throw anything at them. Other days they're very, very particular, and you're, you know, I've got five rods there, and you're throwing everything into the kitchen sink at them, trying to figure out what's going to make them go. You know, the last uh, several years, uh, some of the lakes up here, Lake of the Woods and Red Lake, come to mind. The uh, pressure 
has been at least as strong, if not stronger, during ice fishing season than soft water season. What about you? Do you prefer soft water or hard water? Well, I would say probably 50-50. Again, uh, I guide in the summer. I used to do it in the winter some. Don't do it in the winter now. So I I do enjoy the winter a lot. But again, I think it's partially because it's fun fishing to do it with my family. Um, but the challenges are, are still the same. I just like getting out, exploring, trying to figure stuff out, put the puzzle pieces together. I tend to be one of those guys that likes to be as far away from, you know, the crowds as I can. So I'm looking for the solitude. And if you figure the fish out there, it's an extra bonus. So I guess I wouldn't really say I have preference one way or the other. I like both of them. They're fishing, and that's my happy place. So <laughs> either one's good. Okay, yep. very good. Hey, what's going on with the Walleye Alliance these days? Walleye Alliance has been busy. We are still uh, planning our spring banquet, which, again, is going to be April 21st. It's a Thursday, um, and we are going to have the privilege of, I think, you're going to help us out in MC, so we're excited for that, right? I'm looking forward to it, yes, absolutely. Awesome. And uh, so, yeah, our featured speaker is going to be Tony Roach, and he's going to do a presentation on kind of uh, techniques, location for early spring walleye since it's, you know, right before the season gets going and everyone's a little amped up to get out in the boat. So we're putting the final touches on that. I think tickets are going to be 50 bucks. It includes a meal, a whole bunch of prizes. Um, it's going to be at the woods right in Merrifield, Brainerd here area. So we're putting the final touches on that and tickets will be available very soon. We've got everything ready to go. We're just, uh, I think, waiting on a headshot shot from Tony to get that officially out and, will be running um and then the next thing is still working on some legislative stuff with uh senator Terry rude on you know a poor walleye uh bill that we've kind of talked about the last couple of years so mm-hmm. we're, we're getting prepared for session i guess i would say with that so do you uh as a key member of the walleye alliance get to go down and uh do hearings and things like that or how does that work yeah so last year again was um during the COVID stuff, uh, participated in a couple hearings. And at that time, um, most of the stuff was remote over Zoom meetings. Uh, it's kind of yet to be determined. I think I've heard that the Senate was going to have in-person hearings this year and the House was going to have virtual options. Again, where we're at right now, stuff could change easily on that. But yes, anticipating we'll be involved in some hearings one way or the other, just not sure if it's in person or virtual. So that's always, for me, a little nerve-wracking. It's not necessarily my my uh, <laughs> most comfortable situation, but at the same time, something we believe in. And, you know, you get to voice your opinion, so we got to take that opportunity if we can. Absolutely. What you should do is you should just take a bunch of legislators out on your boat, and then you'd be right in your happy place. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would definitely make me uh, more comfortable uh, in that situation. But I've got to know, you know, a handful of them through the years, some of our local folks we work with on different issues. So, you know, it's not necessarily been in the boat, but uh, whether it's at fishing tournaments or what have you. So when you get to talk to them, like you said, in that element, it's much more relaxing and you can kind of actually get a lot of the groundwork done there. And then you get back into the professional setting and that tends to help you out a little more once you get to that setting. Well, I'm excited to uh, to do the uh, banquet with you guys. If for no other reason, I'm in the same room as Tony, and I can ask him why he never returns my calls. <laughs> well, that's you'll you'll have him cornered. The other thing is, you you know, there's going to be a lot of really big uh, fishing names in the industry, and that's the cool thing. I said that first year when we did it, 
I was almost melting because we had Al Linder there, Marv Cap, uh, I don't know, quite a few other big names. And you're just looking around with the fishing history there, and it's like you could listen to those guys tell stories. Gary Roach was there, I should mention. Oh, yeah. Him, and just listen to them talk. I, that's that's just gravy to me, so I'll do that all day long. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And anytime Tony presents, he's such a wealth of knowledge. He's a absolutely fabulous speaker. So uh, we're really looking forward to it and getting the people together again since it's been two years off because of the COVID stuff. So absolutely looking forward to it. Once the tickets are available, how can we get those? Yeah, you can check our website. We'll have them available there, which is www.walleyealliance.com. We'll also be making an announcement on our Facebook page and have a link for those tickets so you can get them virtually, or we'll have some uh, available to pick up in person. We'll have some up at S&W Guide, or excuse me, S&W Bait Shop on 371 and Highway 3 Marine will also have hard tickets. So like I said, we'll we'll put that last out there once we have them available so people are, are um, more able to get those, whether they want to do it in person or, or online. All right. He's Nate Blazing of S&W Guide Service, talking ice fishing and more with us today. Nate, as always, great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Kevin. Good luck to all those that are going to be doing the tournament. Have fun, and it should be exciting. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Northwest Technical College and Bemidji State University. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And, of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast.